Good morning. Welcome to our daily time of word and prayer. This is Thursday morning, February 25th. Glad to have you along. We're going to have a great time today. As I said in the chat, I really am enjoying these times. I hope you're enjoying them as much as I am. I love teaching the word. It's been a great discipline for me to be here with you every day, sharing the word of God, meditating on the word. I always meditate better. and I always gain greater insights on uh, when I share the word. I think this is a principle. The more you, like I've said before, we can read the word and we think we understand it. It's in our mind. But when we have to express it, be it in writing or verbally, then we can, it helps clarify and helps bring new thoughts to our minds and helps us as we articulate what we're reading. So I'm enjoying these times. I've always enjoyed journaling. I've always enjoyed teaching. Well, I haven't always enjoyed journaling, only in the last few years. And I've always enjoyed teaching. And, um, and I'm glad for this opportunity. So I hope you're enjoying this as I am. Today's verse is quite exciting. Let's jump right into it. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 and 11. As each has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as the one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Spiritual gifts and serving. Why would Paul, or excuse me, why would Peter write about that in this book? Remember, this book is about persecution and handling handling when you're being marginalized, handling when society turns against you. What do you do when, when uh, you're, you know, you're an outcast and so on? And in the midst of this, you know, yesterday we talked about fervent love, the day before fervent prayer. Today he talks about u- utilizing your gift, not letting it be dormant. Why would that be? Well, I think there's a tendency when the pressure's coming upon us when we're being persecuted or marginalized or hated upon or insulted or there's a tax upon us, the tendency is for us to become defensive, maybe to go into our little shell, protect ourselves, and, and start thinking only about how am I going to make it and so forth. But here he tells us, be on the offensive. Don't allow yourself to become so defensive because we're on the offensive. And this is right with our theme that we've been talking about. We want to rise above. We don't want to let others determine how we live. We don't want to let someone who might not like us or might not like what we believe put us in a little box and we obediently stay there. But rather, we want to rise above. We want to, we, we, we want to let God be the one setting our agenda. We want to let God be the one determining how we're going to act, what attitudes we're going to have, the words we're going to use. We want to be driven by him and obedience to him rather than let others uh, determine how we're going to act. And so here we're reminded that God, Peter's reminding us, God has given you and me a gift, maybe more than one gift, but each of us have at least one special spiritual gift from God. And what he's reminding us is, stay on the offensive. God is building his kingdom. It might not look like it. It might look like we're on the defensive. It might look like the other side's making advances. It might look like the domain of darkness is growing. 
But God's at work. Never, never stop thinking. Never stop realizing. Never stop believing that behind the scenes, God is at work. He was at work when Joseph was in that prison. He was at work when Moses was, you know, when, when he was being thwarted by Pharaoh from, from leading the children of Israel off into freedom. He was at work when Jesus was on the cross. He was at work when the prophets of Baal seemed to be, be having the advantage in Israel. God is always at work. Never, never, don't, never stop believing that. Because sometimes it doesn't look like it. Sometimes it looks like we're falling behind. But trust me, we're not. Our God doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He never takes a break. Our God is on, uh, at work, and we can trust that. And so he's reminding us, we need to be at work. We need to be about the business of building the kingdom of God. And so he says, you've got a gift. Make sure you're utilizing it. Make sure you're employing it. Now, we do this, some comments about spiritual gifts, because this is something that some, some groups just really don't emphasize nearly enough. Other, gifts might, other groups might emphasize them a little bit too much. And I don't claim to have the right balance. I think I would say I come from a background where we didn't emphasize them enough. And so a couple of thoughts in my mind as I've learned about this and, and to understand my spiritual gift and to utilize it has been one of the most exciting, freeing, encouraging, uplifting things uh, in my life in the last number, you know, last couple of decades or so. You know, I had difficulty um, discovering and utilizing my gift originally or for a number of years. For, and there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I thought it was pride. I thought it was pride to say my spiritual gift is blah, blah, blah. And I think mine is in the area of teaching and speaking. I thought it sounded like I'm putting myself forward. I, I, think, I think I must think I'm pretty hot if I say I have a gift in this thing in this area. And, and it, wanting to be humble, I wouldn't do that. And I wouldn't put myself forward. I wouldn't, I wouldn't offer and things of this nature. I would hold back. Now, some of you, uh, uh, it was a mental thing. And it was a desire to appear humble and to be humble and a, and a sincere desire to be humble. Because what I really, really had a passion to do, I was somewhat good at it. And I didn't want to appear to be proud. And so that caused me, that false view of humility held me back. Might hold you back too. Because my guess is if you have, the gift you have is something that matters to you and something you want to be good at and something you feel is important. And therefore, if you feel like you're good at it, you might be thinking, well, I don't want to be proud. I don't want to put myself forward. I don't want people to think I'm arrogant, things like that. And it can play with your mind, cause you to step back and be less aggressive in stepping forward to utilize the very gift God has given you. The second aspect of, the second thing that, and, well, by the way, well, how did I learn about being humble there? Well, you know, no one's proud of a gift they receive. Well, I mean, you're, you can be proud of it, but no one is thinking, like, like at a Christmas gift, you don't say, you don't pretend that you went out and bought it yourself if someone gives you a gift or you don't boast and say hey look how great I am someone gave me a Christmas gift no you acknowledge it the, hum the humility is acknowledging comes from God 
The humility is not failing to utilize the gift God gives us. The humility is in being quick to acknowledge it came from God. In humility, we acknowledge my very breath comes from God. My life comes from God. My thinking comes from God. My ability to live, my health, everything I have comes from God. That's how we express humility. Not in taking our gifts, hiding them in the ground, the talents God gives us, hiding them in the ground, or putting our light under a bushel basket, something of this nature. That's not how we be humble. We be humble by utilizing the gift God gives us, but giving him the glory and acknowledging it's a gift from him. Secondly, I was... I, I grew up in a spiritual environment that emphasized serving and do the job. There's a big job that needs to be done. Don't Whether it's your gift or not, let's step forward and get it done. Let's be responsible. A high sense of duty. And because of that high sense of duty, I would often, as a leader, as a servant, I would do whatever needs to be done whether I had a gift in that area or not. And I found myself at times focusing my attention for spiritual, for growth, for improvement on the areas where I, where God had not gifted me. And I thought this is the area I need to really improve in so that I'm kind of good on everything at an equal level. And a number of years ago, I came to the conclusion that's not how God made me, that God made each of us differently. We're not all identical. I have gifts that can be contributing to the body of Christ, but others have gifts that they contribute and my gifts are needed, but their gifts are needed too. I need them. We are interdependent upon one another. What others can contribute to the body, I need. And I don't need to do it for them. I need to give them room to really step in, utilize their gifts, serve, and excel. And that way we all grow. The body grows together as we are interdependent upon one another. And so it helped me to begin to say to myself, what won't I do? That allowed me to focus on what I will do. And, and I began, instead of saying, I want to be good, identify my weaknesses in life and become good at those. Instead, I began to emphasize, uh, recognize my strengths in life and say, I want to become really good in those. I don't want, that's, that's how we avoid being mediocre. If all we do is focus, many people, they focus on their weaknesses and they want to make sure their weaknesses are up to par and they neglect their strengths and they become average. But if you want to become above average and you want to excel and, and really be excellent and make a big difference, what you need to do, I believe, is find out where has God given you gifts and, and cultivate those and develop those and become mighty in the areas God has gifted you and that's where you will excel and make a real mark in life. And so those are things I've tried to do in the last number of years. What will I do? I'm going to focus on what I will do, a little bit less on the weaknesses, and that's the stuff I won't do. How do you discover your gift? If I could give you just a couple real quick points. Number one, ask yourself honestly, and don't think it's pride to simply say, what am I good at? What are you good at? <clears throat> Is there something that you do well? Something that when you do it, you find you get good success. That's probably an area where God has given you a gift. Number two, ask other people what they think you're good at. I know in my life, sometimes I, I need permission. I, you know, my own insecurities, my own fears cause me to hold back. Again, my, maybe a false, sense of, a false uh, sense of humility, not wanting to appear proud or something. And sometimes I hold back. 
And it helps me to ask other people, what do you think I'm good at? And when they share and it resonates with what I was, you know, what was hidden within me, they help bring it out so that now I have that confidence to say, this isn't a matter of pride on my part. I'm not self-inflated. And to have that affirmation from other people helps me be more courageous and more forthcoming in, in the gifts God is bringing me that maybe are held down, letting them come forth. Thirdly, what are you passionate about? What really matters to you? That's likely a matter of your gift. There are, there are some things in the Christian life that I know they ought to be important to me, but real honestly, they're not as important as they are to other people. But there are some aspects of the Christian life that, boy, they really matter to me. They're really important. And those are areas that probably reflect my giftedness. And so there's another question you can ask yourself. What areas of the Christian faith really matter to you? That might be something God wants you to focus on. Kind of the other side of that coin is this. When you see Christian work being done, and it's not done well, what frustrates you? What frustrates you? Um, what frustrates you because it's not being done well? I have, I have noticed this myself. And I heard Frank Liu teach on this at a Faith Walkers conference a few years ago, that the area of you're gifted in, you're probably going to be frustrated when you see it being done poorly because you have high standards in that. That's important to you. It matters to you. And so that's another way you can identify your gift. What things do you see being done already? You don't think they're being done well, and you'd like to see them be done better. Well, that might be an area where God is saying this is your gift and he wants you to step forward and get more involved in that and help raise the game there. There are three places in scripture that talk a lot about gifts. You might go there and read and see which one of these resonate with you. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. In Ephesians 4, it's about verse, um, uh, about verse 15, 16, 17, right around in there. 1 Corinthians, at the end of the chapter, early, early in the chapter, and then the whole chapter is about gifts, and then Romans uh, 12, about verses 3 through 8, right around in there. Okay? Folks, God has given you a gift. You have a spiritual gift. We need it. We don't want to get defensive. We don't want to get withdrawn, ingrown. We want to be using our gifts to build up the body of Christ, to serve one another, in days when we might think of retreating and just saying, oh, I need to be protective. No, no. We want to rise above. We want to be better Christians. We want to build God's kingdom this year. In all that's going on, all this COVID stuff and political stuff and everything going on, we want to be shining bright, building God's kingdom, doing great works. And one way you'll do it, figure out your gift and really utilize it. Put it to work. Become great at it. Become excellent. Become someone who stands out in that area. And watch, God may just exalt you and give you opportunity to serve. He might give you a platform you could have never imagined and, and success and fruit you might have never imagined could be possible. Okay? All right. Hey, I want to welcome anyone who's new with me today. I'm glad you're with me. Uh, we meet here every morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, but you can watch later in the day. So make sure you subscribe, hit the notify button, and so on. 
And uh, we'll go to go. We're going to go to prayer now. But I did want to welcome you, and say, God bless you. Thanks for being around. Thanks for sharing this with your friends too, and passing on the word about this. Let's pray about this area of giftedness. Here we go, Father in heaven. We bless you. How exciting that you have given each one of us at least one, if not more, gifts, talents, abilities, passions, where we can make a real difference where we can make a difference in the lives of other people. We can make a difference in the building of your kingdom. We can make a difference in advancing the gospel. We can make a difference in people's lives, encouraging them, blessing them. We can, we can make a difference. Lord, every one of us, every one of us has something to offer. We thank you that you didn't leave any of us out. You didn't leave any of us ungifted. You didn't leave any of us with, with just nothing to contribute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. How exciting is that? How exciting that you want to use me and you want to use every single one of us on this live stream. You want to use every believer. We want to thank you. It's it's grace. This is what this is. It's grace. It's undeserved. It's something you gave. We don't want to be boastful about it. We don't, how could we be? It's just something we received. It's not something we earned. It was a gift to us. We could boast no more about our spiritual gifts, then we can boast about that we earned our salvation because we don't. All of it's by grace. All of it's a giving, giving God who says that you want to include us in what you're doing and you've equipped us and empowered us. I want to thank you, Lord, that none of us has every gift. We need one another. We, we, we need to be interdependent. I want to thank you, Father, that there are people that you have in this world who are very talented, very gifted in areas where I'm not. And you've bring them into my life. And I pray you would, Lord. I pray for each of us, Lord, in the areas we're not, we're not gifted, that rather than think we have to develop that and, and be a, a person who can do everything all on our own, instead, Lord, we pray that you would bring the right people into our lives who have the abilities and the talents, the gifts that can really complement what you've given to us. We pray for that. We pray, Father, that we would utilize and well, well and develop the gifts you've given us. Help us, Lord, to know the things, help the gifts, help us to be passionate about them, help us to be, if we're frustrated where we see it's not being done well, instead of just criticizing, help us, Father, to get involved and improve things, make things better. Lord, we, we pray that we would not be just in, in withdrawing and retreating as we think of more and more people that are hating upon us for what we believe and negative and critical, want to marginalize us. Some, some people lose their jobs or are being canceled by their friends or whatever. Help us, Lord, not to retreat, be quiet, just... just uh, be in such a place that we that no one would you know we wouldn't we wouldn't fear ever being persecuted because we never speak up. Lord, I pray you'd give us the courage and the boldness that in a time when the flesh in the flesh we would retreat, that instead, Lord, we would we would build your kingdom, rise up, be better, rise above, not let other others who hate us or dislike us or want to marginalize us, not let them drag us down to their level, not allow them to put us in a little box off in the corner and we just obediently stay there. 
but rather we would get our cues from you. Jesus, you're, you said you'd build your church and that we'd be a part of that and that we would join right in, hand in hand with you, be on the offensive, take the word, take, take, take your kingdom to the world and do so with great confidence, boldness, with great love, with great faith, great wisdom, utilizing the very gifts you've given us to do this. Thank you, Father. We bless you. We do pray, Father, for our land and our nation. We pray that as, as we are doing this, that there would be a great spiritual awakening in our land. We continue to ask for it. Father, it, it will take a miracle. There's so much hardness, so much secularism, so much idolatry. So much rejection of you, and it is idolatry, and how we pray for the day in our country where, once again, God, you, Father, are honored, revered, and, and worshiped, that people would come to Jesus Christ and be saved, that I, blind eyes would be open and deaf ears would hear and closed minds would, would comprehend and hard hearts would be soft and would believe. And so, Father, we continue to ask day by day. We continue to put ourselves forward to say, use us as you would in your mission. Fill us today with the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, through, without whom we can do nothing. Help us to be abiding in Christ today. You're, you're the vine. We're just the branches. And today, Lord, we trust you. Lead us to divine appointments. Show us people we can serve. Help us to be sensitive and aware Lord, we can be so busy, we miss opportunities right under our nose. Help us to be aware of the people you want us to love and serve that are right right within our sphere. We pray for these things. We bless you with all of our heart, and we love you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, folks. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for joining me. And um, I hope you, like I said, I hope you're enjoying these times. I leave them kind of fired up. This is great for my day. Hey, I do want to remind you to check out my website, tomthepreacher.com, and on there in the top, you'll find a, a, a little icon for our trip to Israel. Um, it's less than a year away now. It'll be next February. I believe we're going to make it. I hope this COVID stuff will all be over, and we'll be able to travel to Israel and learn about the life of the Messiah right there in Galilee, in Jerusalem, in uh, Judea. Uh, we go to the spots where Jesus taught various things, where he performed various miracles. We do some Old Testament, and we, we do some modern political, what's involved in modern-day Israel, and we, we do some of that. But our focus is to study the life of Jesus Christ right on spot where he was. It's a life-changing trip. I would say it's a trip of a lifetime, except some of the people who've gone with us come back a second time. And I've gone now three times, and I'm looking forward to my fourth. So it's not just a trip of lifetime. It's a trip you can take more than once, and uh, but you'll, you'll love it. And we have a lot of fun, a lot of worship, a lot of learning. God binds us together with some great relationships. You might want to bring your family or, or your small group, but it's a uh, great, great time. You can learn more uh, at my website, tomthepreacher.com, on the Israel icon, Click on the Israel icon, and you can learn more about the trip, what's involved, and I'd love you to join us, okay? All right, folks, God bless you. You have a great day. 
Walk in his blessing, walk in his favor, walk in his strength. Let his spirit fill you and use the gift God has given you. Figure out what it is and use it to build his kingdom, okay? God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Amen.